What's going on, Point Noir family? And shout out to all my adventurers near and far. You are tuned in now to another broadcast from Point Noir, home of the Point Noir podcast, where we inspire and equip men of color to go out and explore the world for themselves. As always, I'm your host, Jerry the Third, aka Komodo Jack, and this right here is the 58th session of the Point Noir podcast. I don't know about y'all, but I am so grateful and happy to be back on our weekly release schedule. We had a little bit of a hiccup the past couple weeks, but I did a little mini apology tour, gave away some custom bracelets we had, and people snatched them up super fast. So shout out to y'all for being quick to take action, and I can't wait to see how dope that little bit of swag looks on you with our custom adventure bracelets that we got from Embois Original. Shout out to them, Black-owned company doing dope stuff. Love their products. But before we introduce today's special guest, listen, if y'all are going to be in Dallas, August 21st or 28th, I'm leading two podcast workshops. The 21st will be focused on the basics, just the essentials you need to focus on to have a successful podcast show. And the second session on the 28th of August will be focused on more advanced things like how to be a better host, how to refine your message and how to implement some monetization strategies so you don't have to pay out of pocket every single month for your show. I'm super excited to be hosting these things and you can find out more details at Point Noir Show on Instagram or check out my personal page at Jerry underscore the third. You can check out the Eventbrite link, get some more details and of course cop tickets there. And the dope thing is it's being hosted by one of my favorite co-working spaces in Dallas, Good Work. And if you buy a ticket, you can co-work there for free all day long. Great environment, great place to meet people in the Dallas area, movers, shakers, entrepreneurs, CEOs. It's just a whole great vibe. So I'm excited to announce that again and invite you all into the Good Work space with me. That all being said, we have another great show, a unique vibe, and really I kind of fell in love with this session again while I was editing it just these past couple days. So without further ado, let's introduce today's special guest. Joining us today as our special guest at The Point is Nick Barredo. Make sure to check out him and his company, Clay Imports, based right down the road in Austin, Texas, at Clay Imports on Instagram, and check out their website. It's beautiful, www.clayimports.com. Nick is not only an entrepreneur, but as you probably guessed, he is a worldwide traveler. I got the honor to kick it with Nick in his own backyard, sipping a couple of Mexican beers and just talking about life, travel, and how it's impacted him. His story is really unique and amazing, and I think you will be impressed to see how, despite the fact that he started traveling at a quote-unquote later time in life, that travel has positively impacted his personal life, his business life, and his worldview. This episode is a total vibe. I love recording in person with my guests because that's what this platform is designed to feel like. A casual conversation over a coffee or a beer, and this session definitely hits home with that. So I totally invite you to join us in this mood. Grab your refreshing beverage of choice, alcoholic or non, it doesn't matter. Just want you to be involved in this experience with us. Find the coziest chair or couch you can. Sit back, relax, get ready to enjoy another awesome session from us here at Point Noir. I'll see you on the flip side. Yo, what's going on, Nick? Thanks for joining us today at The Point. How are you feeling today, bro? I'm feeling great. Had a very productive day. Yeah, you look relaxed, man. We're out here in Austin chilling, drinking on some beers. What kind of beer is this? Mm. That's an Austin beer, Austin Beer Works. It's about a mile from here, half a mile from my warehouse. So this is fresh, fresh. Yeah, but it's the last one that we have. After this, we're going to switch to... Uh, Cheers, my guy. Or after this, we're switching to a Mexican beer called Barrelito. Okay. And that just means little barrel. Okay. I like that. Is that just going to be a house beer here at the crib, or that's just going to be your, your daily driver? No, that's actually... They don't sell it in the U.S. Mm. Um, I just got back from Mexico. Mm-hmm. And as often as I can, I bring back these beers. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a really mild lager. Yeah. But it's classic. I love that, man. I love that. They're in so, the freezer right now. They're very good, very cold. Okay. We might have to uh, wrap with one of these after the show's over. But, man, thank you for joining me. Um, we just had a whole experience this day, and we'll probably get into it towards the end of the show. But, man, I want to hear about you, your trips adventuring, and, and I want to know when did 
when did you start traveling? Like in, in your life, tell us a little bit about your backstory, where you come from, and how did travel become a part of your, your life regularly? Yeah, uh, we're in Austin, Texas right now. I'm from Austin, and I didn't pursue traveling. It seems like a lot of people have a curiosity about traveling. Mm-hmm. And so, in, in just in my opinion, curiosities tend to be very healthy because they lead to experiences which lead to learning. But I, I had very little interest in traveling ever, uh, growing up, a child, or even as a young adult. But where I did have a lot of interest was in education. Uh, after high school, right after high school, I went to work. Um, so right after high school, I started installing tile because that's what my family did. Yeah, uh, We were tile installers in the construction industry, whatever. So from 18 until like 22, 23, my whole life was installing tile, like working on a job site uh, six days a week and then just like, you know, partying all weekend long, like standard life uh, right. within like my community of people, whatever. School was not within my community of people. It was kind of very outside of my understanding. So you mean like college and yeah, secondary yeah, yeah. education? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was always curious about it. So in Austin, we have this very legit resource called mm-hmm. Austin Community College. And uh, 23 years old, I registered. Uh, it didn't go well my first semester. I registered again. Second semester didn't go well. I was very, very distracted uh, by, by work, which was like, you know, that was my focus in life. Because yeah. Uh, that's um, that, that's what I was familiar with, but finally I started to take college seriously. Even if it was so, even though it was at a community college level, uh, I got really into it. And at the same time, so I had to get to school, I had to get to, to get to my classes. Right. So I was I was bicycling. Mm-hmm. Hand in hand, I got really into cycling and uh, and college at the same time. Well, I mean, you might as well because you you had to get to class anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I had this one class that I really liked. It was a physics class, yeah. and I liked it a lot because the, the professor was into cycling a lot also. Mm-hmm. So I would go to class, do whatever in class, and at the end of the class every day I would talk to this guy about cycling. Yeah. And one day we're in the classroom, and somebody walks in, like one of these volunteer students from the international office, and they were giving out flyers about go to, go to Italy for a semester or like a summer session or something. So everything I'd read about in cycling was like it all went back to Italy, you know. Every great cycling really? uh, experience or every great cyclist or all cycling technology, everything came from Italy. Wow, okay. I yeah, so like that. the second I heard that, I didn't care what the class was or whatever. I just wanted to go to ride my bike there. Yeah. So I talked to the professor and he's like, yeah, you should register for the thing. So I register and I got a scholarship. And these are all resources, not at a federal level, but just through the community college. Yeah. Yeah, so I end up getting the, I, I get into the program, and it was, uh, by this time it was, it was like the summer of 2007, mm-hmm. and I got accepted, and they're like, all right, so the thing, you know, it leaves in three months, so I didn't, I didn't have a passport, I never had a passport till then. Right. At this time, I'm like, I guess I'm like 27 years old, from the perspective of a person who's never had a passport, right. and parents that never had passports, siblings, like, nobody has passports, right? Right. Uh, it's it's weird, man. It's yeah. like, you know, you don't know where to begin. Anyway, in the end, it ended up being kind of simple, right? You go to the post office, you stand in line for a couple of hours, <laughs> right? You pay a hundred bucks or whatever. Uh, but uh, you know, at that time, it was so um, unusual mm-hmm. that I almost walked away from it several times. I'm like, man, I don't have time for this, you know? That's real. I, I got to go to school. I'm, like, I got life going on, right? right? I don't have time to be standing in a post office all day. But anyway, I stuck with it. I got the passport. Just in time. I got it two days before the trip left. No way. Yeah, it so came I'll, in two days before the trip? Yeah. Um, in fact, this is a good reference for people looking for passports. Me and a couple other people who were very similar situation to myself, our passports hadn't come in. So we wrote letters to um, our, our congressman, actually. Uh, just like straight up wrote a letter to our congressman. And we got responses and we're like, we're trying to go on a class trip. We right. just applied for our passports. The trip leaves on this day. And man, sure enough, like... Three, four days after we write the letters, uh, our congressmen call us up on the phone. What? Yeah. All the congressmen in Texas are Republican. Mm-hmm. So they're calling up people and they're like, yeah, we'll do you this favor. We're going to expedite your passport. But by the way, when uh, election time comes around, you know who to vote for, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, but short story though, we got the passports two days before the trip. Uh, and I was so preoccupied with that and school and work 
hadn't really even thought about the trip. Right. So I don't even start like buying supplies or packing or whatever until the day before. Yeah. And so I'm like 27 years old, first time I'm ever going to take an international trip. And it hits me, man. I'm just like, this is crazy, you know? (laughs) Other than that, I'd never even flown on an airplane before. Really? Yeah, 27 years old, never been on an airplane. The only travel that I had before that was like road trips to my grandma's house or whatever. I'm actually kind of glad that I didn't have too much time to think about it because uh, it might have been overwhelming. Right, right. And so this is also another weird part because like growing up, I didn't go to summer camp Mm -hmm. or like I wasn't in the Boy Scouts or whatever. Right. Uh, So the idea of like traveling with a group of other people that are kind of your peers, that was weird. Okay. So I show up at the airport and everybody's there. There's like 15 other people from Austin Community College and it was just anxiety the whole time. Really? Yeah. Because I'm like, what do we talk about? You know, like our backgrounds are all so different. But, um, and, and it's like at every stage, it was like the feeling of backing out, like it would be easier to not go on this trip every step of the way. Right. Um, but then I get there, right? And, man, it was like sensory overload. Mm-hmm. So much that, like, there's nothing I could think about except for that thing that I was doing at that exact moment, you know? Because right. everything around you is, like, new. So new and unusual. We get there. The semester starts. It's not until I'm there that I, I realize what class I'm even taking because right. I don't go for the class, right? I go for the right. You're trying, the you're trying to ride a bike. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it was an art class. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and it was a drawing and an art class, and I went to the class, and that was that was cool, man. And that was another weird thing, also, because arts was not something that our parents talked about or our friends. Like the only time they practiced arts was on a very like uh, informal level, you know, right? Um, drawing on T-shirts or jackets, or rather than like a career pursuit, a lifestyle. Sort yeah, of thing. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So sitting, so first of all, being in another country for the first time, and that other country, like not being where my family is from or whatever, it being something totally new, and then being around a bunch of peers on a group trip, and then being in an art classroom, everything. It was just like day and night from installing tile every day with my family members it it sounds like it might be a far cry from that (laughs) yeah but i guess like i adapted to it real quick you know Mm -hmm. everybody was cool and and for a lot of people on that trip it was also their first international trip really yeah similar age range uh kind of but not too much i mean i was 27 when i started school everybody else was like late teens you know 19 or early 20s okay so a bit of a gap but i mean Listen, by by that time, it, it's so courageous of you to take that step to to follow through, to call your congressman, to get on that plane, to make sure you made it to Italy at 27. A lot of people are starting to get settled in their lives, and hey, if I haven't done it by now, it's not for me. What did you see as a possibility that made you keep pushing through the discomfort? Uh, I don't know how relatable this would be to many people, but... Uh, it was just like about riding my bicycle. That's all I wanted to do out there. Yeah. And so, uh, second day I'm there, I just start walking around trying to find a used bicycle for sale. Yeah. I, I was so obsessed with that. And I guess that could like relate to, even if you're not into biking or whatever, but if you're traveling, mm-hmm. man, if you end up somewhere, and then you end up being like interested in or involved in some kind of a thing, like a cultural foundation, mm-hmm. right? And there's other people that are also in that thing, Man, like the way that you meet people and the way that people treat you, regardless of your background or who you are, or your age or whatever. Right. So, my thing was the bike, right? So I get the bike, and then instantly, I'm like connected with all these other people that are into the same thing. Some of them are traveling internationally, some of them are from there, whatever, right? right? But we all had that one thing in common, and it opened up a lot of doors in the sense that I had friends just like overnight. People were inviting me to hang out, go have dinner at their house, whatever. Um, and then the other thing is, um, it was like my focus every day. Like I've had some trips, not many, but where I get up in the morning and you know, it's like, what do I do? Right. Um, you don't necessarily need an itinerary all the time. Right. Uh, if you put yourself in these unfamiliar environments, cool things, interesting things are just going to happen. Right. Uh, but for a new traveler, um, man, I absolutely think it's, it's, it could be a, like a game changing experience to have like a goal every day, you know, yeah. to wake up and to, whether it's like 
jogging or video games or whatever, right? If you're going to focus on, I'm going to try to do this thing today, right? Um, and doing that every day, and then all the other things will kind of, kind of, uh, um, fall into place. Like it kind of helps you establish some structure. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, because because so structure is a hard thing in general, right? Especially for young people, even if they're at home. Right. And then traveling, man, structure is like almost impossible. Right. New time zones and food, languages. And, yeah. It's a, it can be a, a mess. Yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely the structure is like a key part to a successful trip, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the sense that it keeps you very hopeful about every day. Because mm. uh, sometimes it's also easy to like get discouraged about traveling. Like, especially with like an international trip, man. Because it's high hopes, you know? Yeah. Even if you've never been there, you have very little understanding of where you're going. Man, international trips are so exciting that you start to build up all these high hopes. And then when you get there, and if you don't have that structure... Um, you know, every day can be a little bit disappointing while you're waiting for that one epic thing to happen. That's so true. Yeah. And I'm going to have this epic experience going to this cafe. Yeah. I'm going to meet this beautiful woman. I'm going to have somebody say, hey, I want you to be a model for the rest of my catalog yeah. for the rest of the season. Like, there's all these ideas. And all that happens is, like, you order something and you get the wrong thing. Right, right. <laughs> you order a cappuccino and it's it's not what you thought it yeah. was going to taste like. <laughs> so, anyway, that's how my first international trip started. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was my first trip. So it was, um, it was awesome, man. It was awesome. So I went there for the cycling, but I ended up learning about, um, I guess I ended up learning about travel a lot, uh, more than I had ever intended to. Uh, I got back to the United States, back to Austin, um, and man, like a lot of things changed in my life after coming back from that trip. Really? Yeah. It's like, I was really into cycling before the trip. And again, the cycling was my structure, right? Right. Uh, so I get back home and I'm like, man, um... You know, I can kind of take this anywhere. I kind of used the cycling. It was like my tool for going anywhere, right? Right. Uh, it gave me a reason to go somewhere. So mm -hmm. I would read an article about like some incredible uh, mountain ride, you know, in Mexico or wherever. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, man, I can go there and I can set a goal to like do that thing as opposed to just going there, right? Right. Um, so every time I would do that, and it, it became regular, like it turned into... I got back in 2007 from that trip, and then I took two more international trips that year. And then the no next way. year, yeah, yeah, and then it got to being like very seasonal. Like, if I had Christmas break off, uh, it was a trip, or if I had summer break, whatever it was, wow, that's what I was saving all my money for. So you really took to this like, yeah, aggressively, assertively. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, uh, yeah, it was. So the biggest part was probably like traveling and then meeting a bunch of people. And it was normal for them to be like, I went here, and then I went here, and then I went here, and right, and and uh, you know, it, I, it's not healthy or whatever to be comparing yourself to people, right? Sure. But my whole thinking was like, man, if they can do that, why can't I do it? You know? And I started really thinking about why can't I do it, and then I realized I can do it. Mm. Um. So anyway, the after that after that Italy bike ride, uh, I ended up in Mexico on an amazing amazing bicycle ride i went i took a I, so i ended up bringing that bike back from italy really bicycle yeah and that's the bike i used for years on a bunch of international trips that's so awesome yeah so then i, I got on a bus in austin i went to the gulf of mexico uh in in veracruz mexico and i rode the bike from the gulf of mexico which is on the east side of mexico right i rode all the way across the country to the pacific um which is on the west side of mexico to the Pacific Ocean? Yeah, yeah. It was a 17-day ride. Jeez. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, you, you've got to back this whole thing up for me, man, because I had no idea where these stories would go, and now we're here, and I'm loving it. All right, so you, you start working as, as a tiler in this hands-on craft six days a week from the time you're 18 or so? Yeah. How did you justify the time away from work? the money that you had to invest in not only your equipment but travel and transportation what changed in you from that first trip that you said okay i know i could be working six days a week you know stacking up this cash going to school but you know what i'm going to put my time and energy in this direction i would say the the biggest part was the the things that i was learning like every time i i'm doing a quotation right now yeah every time i invested in a trip uh, i came back from the trip feeling like such um, I, feel, I felt so much more powerful every time I came back and then I would come back and I'd have so much more confidence hmm. and then I would just interact with people 
and when they started learning about my travels they treated me differently mm. so even on like this level of being a construction worker tile installer right which in Texas there's no certification no licensing nothing right, right. you can just do it so even, even in this situation if I was going to give somebody like a quote for a tile job right right that's one thing right and they have their preconceived notions about who I am or whatever right but then you know you're, you're giving this quote and there's small talk involved and you're like yeah I just got back from this Europe trip and they're like oh okay well I'm thinking differently about you now hmm. um, and it uh, this is like, I don't like saying it this way right but travel almost became a way for me to uh, up my status in life almost yeah. like almost like having a degree you know mm. like accomplishing something that other people are admirable of right and when that happens of course people treat you differently and usually that differently is like uh, you get a little more respect right right um, which is fine whatever respect is cool everybody likes respect but it also like typically gets you more money or it opens more doors for you or whatever and I don't think that's a bad thing my right? friend I, I think that's a great thing I started to, to feel like, yeah, I was enjoying the trips, but I always knew that if I went into the trip with my goal, right, and if I finished it, and if I came back home, uh, man, it was just like up in my my level, you know, every time I got back home. Yeah. Um, uh, and maybe I'm just like a goal-oriented person. Sure. I don't say that phrase very much, but... It's okay. Uh, I didn't have like a whole lot of influence or effect from the people that I was traveling with unfortunately so in the sense that I didn't build relationships with people you know okay. I would go there and of course like the most valuable parts of the things that I would learn came from people that I interacted with mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't like make a lot of friends you know okay um, I think that's kind of changing now like as I'm getting older um, but back then I was so focused on the goals all the time I never got discouraged from traveling like, I never got back home from a trip and I never thought uh, I don't like the food there, or I don't like the way they treat me there. I'm never going back. Like, I learned a lot from being everywhere I ever went, but my satisfaction didn't come so much from the experiences of, of being there. It came primarily from knowing that I went there, I did what I meant to do, right. I learned a bunch of stuff, and I'm back. I think that that can't be overlooked, though. Yeah. For me, my travels have really been much in that same vein and I've met some amazing people had some incredible once in a lifetime experiences been a part of some amazing events but ultimately it grew me as an individual and I have no shame in in putting forth that that narrative like I became a better person because I invested in myself just like you made the air quotes around it's an investment yeah and so that ended up leading to my career like, mm. so you know and, and at, at this time in my late 20s I was traveling, coming back home, I was working, saving money for my next trip, always thinking about like, how can the trip be a challenge, you know? Right. Then, um, I guess like finances started working into my travels because I was installing tile back in Austin, right. and then I would go to places and I would see the products and, and, and people in Austin were asking about this stuff. So you mean you would go to, let's say, in Italy or uh, yeah. Mexico, and people back in Austin were asking you, what did you see out there? Either they would ask, like, what did I see there? Or, like, I would post something on Facebook, right? Right. And then people from Austin would comment, how can we get those products here? Ah, okay. Uh, or, um, or I would finish doing a big project in Austin, and I'm like, man, these people spent a whole lot of money on this product, whatever. But then I would go to Turkey, and I would see the products there. And yeah. they're so, um, they're so much better, higher quality than what was available in Austin, mm. and and they're they're affordable. Yeah. Uh, so I started thinking, man, I just need to get this stuff back to Austin, sell it, and you know maybe I can make a little money for my next trip. Right. <laughs> Always for your next trip. Yeah. I love it. That turned into my career. So, so now uh, my brother and I. We own a, a tile production and distribution business in Austin. And we sell locally to uh, Texas region, but also nationwide. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, worldwide now. Yeah. Yeah, so um, my wife, uh, who I met traveling, she's, uh, she's German. Uh, we've recently been selling our tile products that are produced in Mexico, processed in the United States, and then sold now to Germany. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're, you're literally being able to pull from these influences as a part of your business all because you 
took a step out and started seeing the world. Yeah, exactly. And I never forgot about the education part either. Hmm. So I always knew, uh, you know, whether that was like formal accredited education or just being out there listening to what people had to say, there was never a case when learning something did not affect my life positively. Yeah. Yeah, in, in every situation I can remember. So I always had this goal of like continuing my education, even though it was hard to make that a priority, you know, with with uh, with work and then my newfound interest in traveling. Yeah. But I ended up committing to it and I applied for uh, UT Austin. Okay. And I got in and uh, man, that was one of the greatest things that I ever did uh, because so the people at the university, right? Um, there's so many people from all over the world at just about any university in the United States. Uh, and it, it uh, introduces you to a whole uh, opportunity of, of travel that wasn't wasn't there before. For example, I ended up going to to Turkey to, mm-hmm. to for one semester, and if it weren't for the people that I had met at the university, that 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 never would have happened. And I can't even imagine my life right now if I hadn't spent that that time in Turkey um, for so many reasons. Right, like so much of my business now is dependent on my interactions with Turkey. Mm. Uh, I met my wife while I was there. Wow. Uh, we travel uh, every year to Turkey now um, for work, but we always squeeze in like uh, leisure stuff with all of our work travels. The traveling started as me being really interested in going places to do something. Right. And now um, I have to travel for work now. I mean, business goes so much smoother when I can have direct, regular involvement with all the people that are making the products that I'm selling. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's take this still a, a step back because we have uh, a slight difference in age and right now there's this huge push for people of color to go out and see the world uh, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm curious, how often did you see yourself represented in a traveling scenario when you were first venturing out into the world? Did you see other people that look like you either in media, magazines, online? When you went abroad, how often did you see yourself represented? Uh, well, you know, so seeing people who look like me is one thing, and then feeling like I saw people who uh, represent me is kind of another thing. Okay. Um, so my wife kind of jokes that every country we ever go to, uh, I look like I'm from that country. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Europe is, uh, man, Europe's like a weird thing because there's a lot of Americans there, but... Mm-hmm. They're one kind of American. There's like one kind of American backpacker that is all over Europe. And like, I don't know what happened to all the other Americans, but it's like you get to Europe and you tell them you're American. They're like, really? I don't think you are. Really? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Uh, And it's because you don't look like that one type of American backpacker. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I rarely, I was always surprised Mm -hmm. whenever I, um, oh, and just for listeners, um, so my background is um, uh, Mexican-American. My grandparents are all from central Mexico, from the state of uh, Guanajuato. Uh, shout out to Guanajuato. Hey, Guanajuato. <laughs> hey. Uh, no, I, I was always surprised when I met another Mexican-American uh, traveling internationally. I'm not surprised at all because it, I work like hell to find them. Like, yeah. it's difficult for me to find uh, Mexican-American, Latinx, just out in general via social media and stuff and what's really ironic is that there are so many taco themed restaurants or Tex-Mex restaurants popping up in Europe and I'm just like who the hell is making the food <laughs> like, where are y'all getting these recipes from <laughs> it's a real thing man and I see very few Latin brothers traveling I don't know if I'm just missing them or what but um, yeah I don't know I mean that's like a very long conversation about uh, why uh, Latinos and Mexican Americans are are not more um, you know out there. Sure. Uh, I think a big part of that could be uh, so family ties like to Hispanics, Latinos, Mexican Americans, uh, they're tight, man, family wise. Yeah. Yeah, and you know if your family's not doing it, it's very unusual for you to do it. Mm. And that's uh, that's that's real. My family was a little unconventional, so we moved a lot when we were growing up. Okay. And most of that had to do with like my parents job situations but part of that moving you know as like much as it sucks when you're a little kid right 
we had no choice but to kind of move away from our cousins and grandparents and uncles gotcha. and aunts. So that early break from our our extended family, uh, as much as it was uncomfortable, uh, long term, like I think it was good for us. Yeah, it made us more independent. And now, of course, you know we're we're grown up. I mean, we still visit with our families regularly, but I think there's a, a healthy amount of of family involvement and then there's too much family involvement mm. like, I could see people giving me a lot of pushback for that but family's great and nobody will take care of you like your family for sure uh, but distancing yourself occasionally from your family can absolutely lead to the discovery of new things I, I mean I couldn't have phrased it better myself the discovery of new things yeah I think that's a part of how people progress and I don't think in any way it sounds like you're dismissive of your family or um, anything like that it just sounds like there was an opportunity due to circumstances with your family um, your parents you mentioned in the work situation where you had just enough space to think about or consider something else and you know I think I think that's a healthy thing just like you said uh, yeah 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 but I, Turkey was a good example yeah so I spent a significant amount of Turkey time in Turkey in my early 30s because of uh, oh, school and then buying tile and trying to figure out who's going to make the tile. Uh, it's weird, right? Like, mm-hmm. So I know that a lot of people, they're out there traveling and they're trying to think about how can I keep doing this or what can I do while I'm traveling to generate some income. And this is becoming more common, right? It's becoming more common to not have a job and take a week vacation and go travel it's becoming more common to have like multiple jobs or be a contractor or whatever right right but if you're serious about actually trying to generate income while you're traveling man it's it's terrifying it's terrifying the idea of spending all your money in some other country uh, as an investment or uh, investing all your time or resources or whatever in some other place, you know, where you don't have the safety blanket of home. Um, but, man, if you're dedicated to it, it's very likely that it will work. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, I've had situations that did not work, and it sucks really bad. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, uh, you know, in, in, in healthy, small doses, uh, yeah, man, international investment. Uh, and by international investment, I don't just mean, like, dumping money into some economy somewhere right. I mean international investment even if it's in the sense of I'm going to commit to staying here for X amount of time and trying to pick up a job or yeah, yeah. Um, if it's an unusual enough thing that you're doing it's probably going to get enough attention to where it'll generate the income that mm. you're shooting for mm. I love it talk to me about your view of Turkey because Instagram, Facebook, the blogosphere, the internet, we hear a lot about the Turkish baths and songs and stuff. I'm imagining this isn't your experience in general with Turkey. Where are you spending your time in Turkey and what have you learned about the culture that has added value to your life? Oh man, this is tough, man. Oh, so I went to school and I ended up getting a degree in anthropology. Okay. uh, Which was, that was cool. Like it was a degree that I can apply to my career right now. Yeah as uh, produce, you know, making products internationally uh, absolutely applies to my, my career right now. Um, but, it, but it also made me really critical about generalizing things. Mm. So it's hard to have like a, 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 a rational, casual, casual conversation because there's like so much generalizing always involved. In I promise I'll keep you rational. I promise. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Turkey, uh, Turkey... It's it's it, Turkey is my 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 my, my favorite uh, overseas destination in the world. Okay. By far, absolutely. Of course, a lot of that has to do with the uh, the hospitality of Turkish people. Mm. It's like the the one place you can go to, where if you don't have a lot of money, people will help you out. Mm. If you uh, if you're if you're trying to learn something, people are always willing to teach. Uh, it's easy to make friends. Nobody, and, and depending on, so Turkey is also like a huge place, right? Yeah. And like, by no means am I a specialist on Turkey or whatever. Sure. I did a significant amount of traveling domestically, but it's enormous. Uh, and the diversity from city to city, especially, 
Istanbul, which is not the capital of Turkey, okay. uh, but it's the biggest city. Uh, so the diversity of the the experiences that you'll have in Istanbul versus the capital, which is Ankara, mm-hmm. or some of the coastal towns like Izmir or Marmaris, uh, some of these other places, it's so crazy different. It's like, I can't even think of a comparison that is so extremely different in the United States. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, so, amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, if you're in Turkey, and if right. you are not enjoying what's happening in one place, just go to another city, and you're probably going to love it there. Right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, as far as, like, the drama stuff in Turkey, yeah, there's some... Uh, there's, there's Wait, there's drama in no, Turkey? Yeah, there's drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, t- tell me more, because I don't know any of the tea. Spill yeah. the tea, my guy. Uh, so, oh, man, this goes way back, like, World War One stuff. Okay. All right, so... Pre-World War One, Turkey, which was the Ottoman Empire, they used to use Arabic script. Mm. And now they use, uh, like, you know, the um, English alphabet. Okay. Yeah. And so that was this big move to try to, like, westernize. Hmm. And I'm not even sure that's the right word for it, but Turkey was trying to become more European than it was trying to be Islamic. Okay. And so they, they, they made a lot of very abrupt, fast changes. They were really trying to turn Turkey, they being like the political powers, they were trying to turn Turkey into a conservative place, into this European thing okay. in a really short amount of time, like months. <laughs> it was insane. Okay. So a lot of that happened, and a lot of people were cool with it, right? But it's like the, what is it, the pendulum, right? The pendulum in a clock. Mm-hmm. So there was this huge swing, right, one way. Right. Well, not so long ago, that pendulum started swinging the other way again, and people in Turkey were like, man, this, is this really who we are? So then people started to vote more conservatively. Uh, so as awesome as Turkey, as awesome as it is to, like, visit Turkey or live there for an extended period of time, right. be prepared, travelers, because there's some weird, like, um... There's some crazy discrimination that happens there. Okay. Uh, especially with, um, like, the homosexual community. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, even if you're in, like, the most liberal parts of Turkey, it can be very, very challenging for people who are not in alignment with the, the political beliefs of the government. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, anyway, it's an amazing place, but um, just just read the news, you know, be aware of what's happening, and... As a visitor, try to be uh, more of an observer than an activist. Hmm. An active participant in what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. What led you to finding products and working on the business end of um, sourcing material in Turkey? How did you establish those relationships and connections? Man, just literally, like, I've never been afraid to just ask Okay. You know, and I ask so many questions. So you just walk into someone's store oh, and be like, man. "Hey, I like that." Yeah. And how I, can like, I get ten thousand of them? Yeah, and I'm like, I don't speak your language, but I will flap my arms around and make whatever faces I need to make so that you can understand me. <laughs> right, right, right. And nine out of ten times, it's nothing, you know. But then one out of ten times, it's something. Hmm. But that's uh, this is interesting also because if you're if you're in a new place, right, and you're trying right. to learn new things and see new things or whatever. It's kind of all right to get shot down a lot when you're trying new things, right? So I would say if you're going to approach it that way, it's um, sustainable, right? But if you're going to approach it completely as like, I'm going to try to do this thing and I'm going to find somebody that's going to help me, whatever, right? Um, man, like if it doesn't work out, you're going to be disappointed, right? Mm. But if you approach it as, I want to hang out, I want to see the stuff that's happening here, and at the same time, I'm going to have this other thing going on. Products is a tangible product, right? This is like the easiest thing to uh, to paint a picture of, right? Sure. Buying something and selling something. But my God, man, there's so many. So you're an entertainer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be like you're just at the right place at the right time, and you hear about somebody that is wanting to hire someone to perform, right, for some event or whatever. Right. You just like not hesitating and saying yeah I can do that that's very real it's happened to me multiple times for and I'm I just turn around and I'm just like damn that's that's what happened like just because I was in the right place at the right time yeah. and I said yes or I was open in that way 
do you think that you'd have the level of success or level of fulfillment in your current life that you that you enjoy without traveling without kind of putting yourself out there no there's no way like, yeah. I mean yeah so I was an adult you know into my mid-twenties having never traveled anywhere so I experienced what life was, you know, in that situation. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. But now knowing how things can be with the uh, exposure uh, to travel, especially international travel, uh, now there's no way, like, I'm at a level of happiness that, uh, satisfaction, you know, that I, I, I never even dreamt possible. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's amazing. And again, shout out to you for taking those steps because it had to have been difficult and like you mentioned so many so many reasons not to take that trip to Italy to ride a bike of all things you know you could have ridden it down the street and been satisfied but there was something else you wanted out there you need to pat yourself on the back for for seeing some more in that opportunity it's a lot of fun also right like sometimes I tell people about I guess my style of traveling right how it's goal oriented how now it has a lot to do with investing my time, trying to make money or meet people or whatever. And, you know, like sometimes I sit back and I listen to it and I'm like, man, that doesn't sound too cool, you know? It doesn't sound like I'm enjoying <laughs> the experience or the moment or whatever. But what is for sure is that I'm making it part of my life, you mm-hmm. know? Like the way that I'm approaching it is it is becoming part of my life. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes that's great, you know, when it leads to cool stuff. Uh, sometimes it's rough, but it's absolutely, um, it's absolutely integrated into who I am now. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel that and get a sense of that. And one of the things that I love about your story, just from us having this short exchange so far, is that you went from laying tile to traveling to going back and laying better tile. Like... Yeah. You didn't, it wasn't this wild transition of, okay, now I'm going to start investing in real estate and buying a, like you didn't make this drastic shift, but you became exponentially better at what you were already doing. And the value you provide, like I've seen it for myself is so much, you wouldn't have been able to provide these products to people had you never made that trip and started having these experiences. It just, it seems like it just, you rub some make life better juice all over your life. Uh, yeah, man. Well, I mean, I heard uh, like some kind of motivational speaker or something one time um, when I was really young, and they were talking about uh, how to approach finding a profession and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the way that they were talking about everything, I was just asking all the time, like, well, what? I mean, where are you going to get the resources from to start these things? You know? Yeah. Like they're just like, you should go be a doctor, right? But then, how, but uh, like, how do you how do you learn how to fill out a college application? How do you pay for it? Mm. So, I became like pretty early on. Um, I don't know. I gained an understanding, right, that we are limited to our resources. But it's not hard to like sit down and kind of think about uh, what are my resources. You know, really think about it and like write it down for myself, right? Okay. Uh, for life to just be life, right? And for it not to be full of these unexpected circumstances or whatever, um, uh, exposure to different things. It's, it's hard to think of your life, the things in your life, it's hard to think of them as resources, right? Because it's just, that's just life. It's just there every day. Yeah. But man, if you like sit down, you really think about, is this a resource? Um, is this something that is of value to me? Can I make this valuable to people around me? Right, whatever it is, just list out all those resources and then try to think about how can I make this resource more valuable to other people around me mm. who don't have it. Mm. And my thing just happened to be tile. Yeah. Were there any moments where you kind of struggled and you weren't sure, like, hey, you know, I think it's this tile thing, but I'm not sure how it's going to work out. Were there any moments of uncertainty? There? No, 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 no. Never moments of uncertainty at all. But sometimes, like, self-consciousness, you know, like, mm. being insecure about it. As I travel more, right, you start meeting all these more and more interesting people, right? Yeah. And sometimes I get, like, you get self-conscious. Like, you're like, 
this guy's doing uh, whatever or a, a software programmers or um, whatever tech startup, you know, right. um, real estate developers, all this stuff, right? And then I'm like, man, you know, I'm doing tile, right? So you start feeling a little like, is it, this isn't as glamorous as what they're doing. Right, right, right. Yeah, so um, I've had to consciously like say, all right, they're doing their thing and I'm doing my thing and and I don't need to be self-conscious or insecure about what my thing is. Right. I just need to try to do my thing as best as I possibly can. It's hard to, it's hard to fight insecurities, you know, when you start meeting like amazing people. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to meet them, right? Right. And it's cool to be friends with them, especially if they're cool. But it's hard to not compare yourself to them. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a trap a lot of us get get caught up in. Um, whether it be, you know, travel. How many countries have I gone to compared to somebody else? Usually on this podcast, I have the least amount of countries traveled between me and my guest. But financially, okay, some people say finances are a scoreboard. How much money do I have compared to this person? What's my title at my job? And to kind of get your ego out of the way, get those insecurities out of the way so that you can crush it. Because at the end of the day, really at the end of the day, it's the least sexy occupations or careers or paths that make the most money. Mm-hmm. I can't wait until I can figure out a way to make millions of dollars collecting people's trash. <laughs> I can't wait, but it's people completely miss it. It's not the doctors, it's not really the lawyers, it's not the accountants who make bank. It's people doing stuff that'll never go away. People always need houses to be beautiful. People will always need their trash collected, their recyclables picked up. Even more now than ever, their roofs repaired. And a cool thing about all those industries that you just listed is there's so much room for innovation in those fields. Mm. I mean, of course, like there's leaps and bounds being made in science-based whatever, right? Sure. Um, and that's, that's incredible. And that's expected and like our government and society we invest a lot of money in those things but the things we take for granted um, there's not a lot of people focusing on how to innovate those things yeah and if that's just kind of what you do and that's what your background is or your family did it or it was your summer job when you were growing up or whatever and it's become part of your life now um, man there's a lot of of possibility there to to make that to something bigger or take it to the next level or whatever and a lot of the inspiration for how to take those things to the next level uh it comes from traveling yeah because you know? like you don't know how they're painting houses in wherever part of the world you know but man you might get there and see it and put two and two together and you get back home and you're like all right this makes sense now that's so on point it gives you an opportunity to have and experience different perspectives so much Hey, but most of the people you talk to, though, like travel is, travel is like a passion just for traveling, though. Sometimes. And I kind of feel like I miss out on that sometimes. Tell me more about that. Um, so right now, like my wife and I, there's some places in the world that uh, our friends or our family or whoever, right, they've been to, and we're like, man, that would be really cool to go there. Yeah. But it's hard for us to justify it because we don't really have any business going there. Maybe that's just the next stage of my travel, but right. right now, it's just something that I'm envious of. Uh, I get it. I get it. I hear what you're saying. At the same token, though, travel as a lifestyle. I, I divide travelers up in, into three categories. You have your tourists, you have your travelers, and you have your adventurers. And I might push you more into the adventure category, which is where I'm at. There's no certain number of countries I need to see every year, no certain number of flights. As opportunity presents itself, I take trips, I have my experiences, I grow and I come back. And that's all it is. You know, Some people travel as a full-on lifestyle. Hey, I'm going to use all my money, all my resources to do that. It's not for everybody. And it shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Because eventually somebody's got to come back home and do what we do in our daily lives to help people within our reach. You know? Yeah. I think maybe at some point as your business continues to grow, if that's an interest, yeah, you guys will do it. But for now, travel is is already such a great privilege in a country where 60% of people don't even have passports already. And people that look like you and me have even less of those passports. 
we've done a lot but you've been able to take that those moments abroad and bring it and impact your community in such a positive way that is going to last a lifetime or two you know how much more do we really need mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah so my current project right now doesn't have as much to do with me traveling mm -hmm. as it has to do with influencing other travelers mm. um Mexico, right? So my, my, you know, my family's from Mexico and the majority of my work right now is in Mexico. That's where probably like more than half of the tile that we make and sell, it comes from Mexico. Yeah. Uh, so I'm there a lot and, you know, there's a lot of like stereotypes about Mexico, especially traveling within Mexico where it's not like a travel, a, a tourist destination. Sure. Uh, but man, these places are incredible. And, and if you're, um, you know, if you're willing to like, uh, go off the beaten path into one of these areas, man, the experience is, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So my project right now is um, I'm taking people, recruiting people or, or inviting them or whatever on trips to the tile factories in Mexico. Okay. Just so they can like really see a place that is not a common destination and meet people that they probably wouldn't have met if they were just traveling on their own. Yeah. And um, my hope is that these people will come back to the U.S. Uh, with a very different understanding of the conventional stereotype that they went into Mexico with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these people, they'll tell their friends, their family, and, you know, as time goes on, I mean, ideas start to change. Yeah. So you're looking to impact kind of the the image and impression that people have off of Mexico and some of these regions with no prior education. Yeah, man, absolutely. Like, there's absolutely no reason why people should not be willing to go to, um, so Oaxaca is a great example, right? Right. Oaxaca is the second uh, poorest state in Mexico. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, why would I ever want to spend my vacation time going to that part of Mexico? Right. Uh, but man, it's, 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 it's incredible, you know, especially if like what you're going for is something real, you know, like a real experience, right. um, understanding how, so it's also a part of Mexico. There's a lot of parts of Mexico. Mm -hmm. it's, um, a, it's a big country, you know, yeah. just in case y'all didn't know, yeah. Mexico is a big area. Yeah. So there's a lot of parts in Mexico that have had little exposure to like the big cities in Mexico or the places in Mexico where there's a lot of um, uh, internationals coming or going, right? So Mexico City, Monterey, Guadalajara, these are examples of places in Mexico that have changed with the world, you know, as time goes on. Right. There's also a lot of pockets in Mexico that are like time capsules, man. Mm. And the uh, the experience there is so much more than, than visiting a place. It's like you're visiting another time. Mm. I mean, the food, the drinks, everything. The, 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 the way that people work, the products they make, the way that they make them. Right. I mean, it's like you're going back in time, man, 50, you know, 100 years. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, I want to introduce people to more of that. Yeah. So from all of your experiences, how would you encourage young men of color? They could be Latin, they could be black, whatever. How would you encourage them to go out and see the world? What is out there for them? All right, I think the very short version is it can only get better, man. Yeah. Like, that's the very, very basic of it. Like, you kind of know what life is going to be if you don't go because your parents didn't go, your cousins didn't go, whatever, right? You kind of know what life's going to be, and that might be fine. But, man, if you do go, it can be very different. And if it doesn't work out, just go back home, right? Mm. Uh I think that for a lot of, you know, like brown and black people in the United States, right, does not apply to any other countries, really. But from the United States, I think that there's historically has been a lot of lack of external influence in our lives. And it was either influence from like a community or a family or something very close to your life. And by exposing yourself to these bigger unknown influences um, 
man, the, the possibilities of what is going to become activated in your brain, right, is, I mean, un- unimaginable. Mm. You said it all right there, bro. Like, <laughs> no, you know, no further comment is needed. You said a lot right there. I definitely agree. I've seen it in my own life. So many of our guests have seen it in their own experiences as well and shared it here on the show. They wouldn't be the men that they've become today without these experiences. I mean, the proof is kind of in the pudding, regardless of their state. They see more. They expect more. They hope for more. And I think, you know, it's kind of like when they say, you know, shoot for the moon, and if you miss, you know, you'll land among the stars however that works out with physics um but still it's so much higher than just Mm -hmm. shooting for the clouds yeah that makes a difference over a lifetime over a lifetime yeah and just to clarify like i'm not talking about like you know forget your home and don't think about where you're from and move on to the next thing like i'm not talking about that at all like my specific example is go out there learn about stuff come back home and figure out how you can improve quality of life or understanding of life from where you're from right yeah that's like my whole thing you know so by no means am i talking about move on from where you're at at all right so travel is not free right sure but man i mean it's a very considering the 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 education that you can gain from it like it's a very affordable source of education yeah well, man, as we wrap out, as we round up, uh, tell us what you got going on. What are all the positive projects you're working on? Uh, talk to us about your business. What's going on in your world? Man, I got a lot of projects happening, and almost all of them have stemmed from travel. Uh, so my my you know my my big one um, is Clay Imports. That's, okay. that's the name of my business. Uh, that's the company that produces tile internationally, imports it into the United States. Uh, markets and sells domestically and all over the world and based here in Austin, Texas Texas, yeah yeah and uh, uh, I mean that's that's like where I dedicate most of my time anyway so most of my projects spin off of clay imports but clay imports is my big one it's like what has grown with me as a person from Mm. tile installations to tile sales to production to international uh, international sales now Um, but uh, you know separately from that something we haven't talked about at all um, so my wife and I, we do a lot of community service also, and because our lives are so involved in international travel, um, our biggest uh, community service effort is with Austin Sister Cities International. Okay. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the Sister Cities program, almost uh, every major city in the United States has at least one sister city. Uh, look it up. The Sister Cities program was founded uh, right after World War II. The United States federal government started this program basically to like keep big cities in the U.S. friendly with other big cities in other countries all over the world so that World War III won't happen. Um, anyway, uh, the sister city that I work mostly with is Saltillo, Mexico. Uh, my wife, uh, so Saltillo, Mexico is one of Austin's sister cities. Uh, my wife is from Germany. She works with the Austin Koblenz sister city program. And we basically both like organize uh, incoming delegations if people come from these other countries or cities into Austin. Um, we have like welcome receptions. We help them network. We organize outgoing trips from Austin to their cities. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, which is really big. Um, again, very few minorities ever participate in these programs, um, but um, it's a it's a uh, incredible resource for international travel. In fact, uh, anyone who's listening right now, like, if you're trying to figure out where to go, um, yeah, you can just like throw a dart at a map, um, or uh, if you want to like land somewhere where you have like an instant network of people ready to um, show you around look up your sister cities it's incredible how accommodating the international sister cities are to uh, the United States uh, counterparts that's a whole gym right there great, I no great resource. I've never heard of that before yeah in fact uh, Kiona our mutual friend mm-hmm. uh, she came to cover the Austin sister cities uh, trip just two weeks ago in Saltillo Mexico all that yeah huge turnout incredible 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 very underutilized resource yeah. absolutely look into it it's um it's free you know which is awesome too um other than that um 
Again, another spinoff from Clay Imports is uh, International Tile Trips. Our company is now offering uh, tile travels. If people like, uh, so people who are like obsessed with tile, if you really want to go to like a factory and make your own tile for your house, uh, we do that. You can come with us to either Mexico or Turkey and hopefully very soon Vietnam. Uh, just we will meet you at the factory. You fly in, uh, design your tile, you make your tile, we ship it back to wherever it is that you're from. Damn. Yeah, yeah, a lot of cool, a lot of cool international stuff going on. Uh, and I also started, um, oh yeah, wait, I just started season three of Stranger Things. Uh, I'm on episode two so far. It, that it's been a little disappointing compared to season one, but hopefully it'll pick up. I'm here for all yeah. the positive things. What about your next big trip for either yourself or you and your wife when it comes to travel? Do you have anything in mind that you're looking forward to? Yeah, actually I do. So as I've talked about um, earlier, uh, I go to all of the tile factories. Anybody that we are giving money to to make tile for us, like I'm there, you know. I want to make sure that they know who I am. I want to make the relationship as solid as possible uh, for a number of reasons. But so one of our uh, one of the most recent vendors, uh, people that are making tile for clay imports, they're from Vietnam. Uh, I haven't been to Vietnam yet, um, but uh, man, I'm, I, I, I that that's that's what I'm really really excited about. I don't have a trip scheduled yet, sure, but it's going to be before the end of this year, and. Um, uh, yeah, if anybody knows anything about Vietnam, or if you've got, like, uh, some friends, or if you know, if, you know, if your uncle makes tile in Vietnam, give me his number, uh, I'm going to go talk to him, uh, but, uh, yeah, Vietnam has got some crazy things going on right now, uh, without getting, like, too into economics or whatever, so there's all this, like, China-U.S. tax war, whatever, going on, um, anyway, a lot of, so basically, like, a lot of businesses and manufacturing, they're getting out of China, they're going to Vietnam because U.S. and Vietnam have crazy friendly uh, international relations, especially with business. Um, so anyway, Vietnam is about to like explode and become this huge um, uh, uh, opportunity zone for um, you know whatever. But yeah, super excited about that. Um, oh yeah, just one last thing I want to say. Sure. So. Um, Morocco. Mm -hmm. Morocco is an absolutely awesome place. I um, had a great time there. But what I found most interesting about Morocco... Alright, so Morocco, the king of Morocco, mm -hmm. was the first person, Morocco being the first country in the world, to recognize the United States as an independent nation whenever the U.S. declared independence from Great Britain. Wow. And because of that, since then, for the end of time... There is no tax, no tariff, no duty. If you buy something in Morocco and you're like, I'm taking this back to the U.S., n there's no charge. Anything wow. goes, yeah. Because, you know, it's like we owe them one forever. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh, I history. Know. Yeah, I, I, I learned that when I was there. Wow. I had no idea. Let me, go, let me go rack up over there in Morocco. And before we round out on all the positive and awesome things you have going on, where can we learn more about Clay Imports? Do you have a website? Do you have a phone number? Do you have an email address? Yeah, all of the above, yeah. Uh, clayimports.com is our website. Um, that's cool, but if you want to get like a real feel for who we are, check out our Instagram. It's at Clay Imports. And uh, I also manage the uh, social media, and my wife manages the website for our nonprofit, um, which is Austin Sister Cities International. Um, and... We have a storefront in Austin, Texas. We're open Monday through Saturday from 9 to 5. Uh, anybody who wants, stop by any time, whether I'm there or not. Just, like, straight up walk in, ask for a cappuccino, look around. Um, everybody's welcome. Awesome, awesome. I always want to make sure that you're given all the information that they hear from you and not just from me on the outro because it sounds better from you. That's your business. That's your baby. Well, Nick, this has been super dope. Out here chilling on some authentic Mexican beers here on the porch. Beautiful. Seriously, the tile on the floor. If y'all could see it, y'all would want this all over your life. Like, it's amazing. I'm going to see if I can snap some pictures. Um, but, dude, this has been a, just a great exchange. We just met. Um, I'm glad we could get this through. And I'm so excited for what you have to come. 
and thank you for your transparency and sharing your story with us. Oh, yeah, man. It was my pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. So until next time, uh, probably next time I'm in Austin, I might have to stop by for a cappuccino or maybe make some more tiles of my own. I enjoyed myself today. But yeah, man, travel safely, travel well, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back here at the point. Yeah, man, anytime. Awesome, man. Well, I'll see you next time. coolest things about being the host of this platform is that I'm always shocked and surprised at the many ways that travel has positively influenced these men. I never would have guessed that this was Nick's story and I'm so grateful. Thank you, Nick, for spending the time. It was a long day that we had shared together, but we're kicking it in the backyard recording for almost two hours and this is what we got out of it, man. And it was a treat and I know everybody listening got a ton out of it. I just never would have guessed that this is your story. And I'm so excited for everything awesome that you have coming up. And also, thanks for sharing those tips about Morocco and about the sister cities. Y'all, make sure you check out the sister cities. I think it's a great idea that if you don't know anybody or if you're not sure where to travel to, go somewhere where there's kind of a partnership with where you're used to being from. That's a great idea. So shout out to Nick. Shout out to all y'all for staying tuned in to all of this. I hope it was a vibe for you just like it was for us. And make sure you check out Nick and Clay Imports. If you're not in Austin, Texas and can't get to a showroom, they have their website, www.clayimports.com. And their Instagram is a great way to check out all the beautiful, again, handcrafted tiles and all their awesome applications. It will really blow your mind at Clay Imports on Instagram. Hope you all enjoyed today's session. This was one of my favorites for sure. Again, I love being in the same space as the people I'm interviewing. There's just a different level of connection there. And I'm so glad that all of you have, again, chosen to keep tuning in and listening to us week after week. If you're going to be in Dallas August 21st or 28th, that's a Wednesday. Make sure you check out the links in our bio on Instagram to find out more about the podcast workshops I'm hosting. I cannot wait to share all of this knowledge I've picked up from hosting the show and giving it opportunities to grow and attracting guests and sponsorship opportunities. I want to share all that with you. So if you're in town or if you can make it in town, please come through. Let me know you're coming through. And don't forget, you can have a free day of co-working at the Good Work co-working space. That all being said, glad we're back on track. Can't wait to release another brand new session for you next week, next Tuesday, same time, same place. You know where to find us. It's the Point Noir podcast. Until then, I'm Jerry the Third, a.k.a. Kimono Jack, signing off.